Well, what's up, Calvary fam? Uh, we have been uh, praying for all of you here in uh, the Metroplex during this uh, crazy uh, Texas uh, blizzard of, of 2021. And uh, as we stated already today, that uh, we're just believing for God's continued protection and uh, provision. And those of you that are joining us online, we've heard from many of you. And I know that uh, some of you are cleaning up and, uh, and dealing with issues at home and at your businesses. But we want you to know we love you. Church, we love you. And uh, we're just going to continue standing uh, together. That's what the church is all about. For those of you that are here after this crazy week in person, it's so uh, good to see you. And thank you for uh, being here for our new service times, the, the very first 11 o'clock. You know, we were doing, uh, uh, let's see, 9, 10, 30, and 12. And now we're 9 and 11 and 5. So give yourselves a good hand for being here at 11 o'clock in person. Mad props to you and uh, and welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, quickly, everybody, grab your Bible, uh, grab your tablet, your iPhone, whatever it is. Let's go quickly to 2 Corinthians 8. Got the Calvary app. All the notes are there, all the scriptures there. And today, I want you to know that we are launching a new uh, five-part series. And I think this is an important series that I'm calling Be Rich. And I want you to notice that, that, that the title of the series is called Be Rich. It is not called Get Rich. And this series isn't about us uh, utilizing some spiritual uh, Ponzi scheme or money manipulation uh, in order to line your pockets that ultimately takes you to a place where, how sad is this, dead presidents become your master. And for a lot of people, that's exactly what's happened. In, in fact, it isn't about us getting anything to you. It's about us learning to be. This series is about us learning to be who Jesus has already made us. Now, if you are in person or online, lift up your hands and lift them up high and lift up your head Get your head out of everything going on in the natural realm right now. And I want you to say it out loud. Come on, say, in Christ. In Christ. Say, I'm already blessed. I'm already blessed. Say, I'm already prosperous. I'm already prosperous. Now, I double dog dare you to say, I'm already, rich. I'm already rich. Whoa, try that again. Say, I'm already rich. I'm already now, if you really believe that, clap your hands and give God praise. Come on. So, so this series is, is a matter of us being who we really are, who Jesus made us. Now, this weekend, oh, I am joined by my dear friend, Ashley Teredes. And not only does he serve as a board member, I believe that this is his second year serving as one of our board members here at Calvary Church, but he and his wife, Carly, lead uh, one of the most incredible ministries called Teradez Ministries based in Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado, which equips and empowers believers all over the world. Um, what they're doing around the world is absolutely amazing. And uh, personally, I just want to say this, and I could cry when I say it, but I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say it, that uh, the series we just finished, Flesh, Jesus in and through us. Uh, this man and his wife, to me, live 
throughout that series. Uh, I have watched him uh, be a picture of Jesus in the most practical and, and genuine ways. And he truly lives out what he teaches all over the world. And he does it with robust faith. And uh, I cannot recount the many phone calls and texts that I've received from this man with faith-stirring messages that honestly have, have kept me going. And, and recently, without my knowledge, um, I received one of those texts informing me, and I don't think I've ever had anybody do this in my life, that he had booked a flight, that he had landed uh, in DFW, DFW and, and, and he was standing at my door and, uh, and said, you're going to let me in. And he spent three days uh, with me. And, and I don't know if I can adequately express the value of the relationship. Let me tell you why this is so important. Because watch this. The best gift that I can give this church. Watch this. The very best gift that I can give you. Watch. Is a healthy me. The best gift that I can give you is a healthy marriage. The best gift that I can give you is a healthy heart, a healthy mind. And Calvary, would you do me a favor? We are so blessed. And we've walked through a tough month. One of our dear friends and board members, Bishop Tony Miller, went to be with the Lord. And what a gift uh, he's been to us. But um, we're praying, we're continuing to pray for the Gate Church in Oklahoma City. And... Um, I tell you, we are so blessed to have Ashley Terradez Church. Give him a big Calvary welcome. Show him some love and his wife, Carly. Come on, you can do better than that. Wow. We honor you. Thank you. It's great to be here, Pastor Ben. I feel like part of the family here at Calvary, so it feels like coming home. Amen. So it's such an honor to be here and a blessing to be here. And, and man, it's just it's great to see everyone. So it's awesome. And that accent is not from Colorado. It's from way east. It's out east. It's, uh, it's from England originally. <laughs> People don't believe me when I tell them I'm from Texas. They just don't believe me. But <laughs> I'm from England originally. We moved here 12 years ago to Colorado, and I haven't lost the accent. So well, if you need an interpreter, maybe we can get one. I love it. I love it. Calvary, I want you to listen. I, uh, I'm, we're just going to sit today for a little bit. Um, I made this decision actually um, months ago and I can't believe the timing of the Lord I just I, I this series was not planned overnight I I I, I feel like it's God and um, I uh, I believe we're on assignment the next few weeks this series and I just want to sit today and talk to you a little bit um, I'm, I'm 47 years old and I know I don't look a day over I don't know 38 but I'm 47 <laughs> And uh, why is Kim laughing right now? I don't, I don't understand. But uh, I, I've, I've got to say that the last probably 12 months, I'm not even counting this past week, you know. I'm talking about the last 12 months have proven to be, I think, some of the most challenging months. Challenging, probably the most challenging time in my life, maybe ministry. And, and I'm sure that many of you uh, can say, yeah, I got, I got the same testimony. I, I'm set talking about the same thing. And... and we are living in the midst of a crisis, I think, unlike anything we've ever seen before. And I, I think we can all agree that we're living. Can we just agree that we're living in some uncertain times? Yeah. 
uh, socially, politically, um, economically. Nothing's sure anymore. And people are afraid. So much fear. People are anxious. People are restless. And here's what I'm seeing. All of this, especially when it comes to their provision and many of us including me yes even me I've said some of this type of stuff that you've said Uh, you're not alone these thoughts running through your mind all day long stuff like this how am I gonna make it through this season how am I gonna make it financially how how, how am I gonna feed my family how how am I gonna pay the rent How, how What if I get laid off? Um, What if they cut my hours? I'm going to have to work at home forever and they're going to let me go or will my business. I'm trying to run a business. Is the business going to make it through 2021? And and what's going to happen to my retirement? And what's going to happen to any of my investments? And and will we end up losing everything? I'm, I'm not trying to mess with you today, but have you ever had thoughts like that? And the, fact, the facts are everything we once could rely on, all the so-called sure things in our lives, no doubt about it, they have been shaken. And this shaking is revealing a whole lot of stuff everywhere. And sure, as believers, right, we, we, I can sit up here and shout all day, you know, that you know, we're meant to put our trust in Jesus and, and uh, you know, and in his word alone, especially in this area when it comes to provision. And I can say all this kind of stuff to you, you know, that God supplies all of your needs. And yeah, that's good. And, and he's a good father and he knows how to take care of his kids. And, you know, but, but how many of us actually believe those truths at a fundamental core level? Because if we did, I wonder if we wouldn't be so restless, so afraid, so anxious. I wonder sometime if the church isn't just filled with unbelieving believers. I know we call ourselves believers, but maybe we're unbelieving believers. I mean, how many of us have been shaken, just like everybody else, as the unbelievers, just shaken during the last 12 months? And I'm not here today to bring fear. I'm a good news preacher. And that's my commitment to you that every time we gather, I'm going to bring good news. I'm going to do it today. But the fact is we are living in a crisis. Uncertain times. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what next week holds. I don't know what next month holds. I don't know what this year holds. But the truth is God's word never changes. Things change in this world, but God's word never changes. His promises never expire. His nature is our provider. I want you to know today it isn't conditional based upon our circumstances. And that right there is good news. When you think about the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, you think about this. That's why I set set your eyes on these realities, these new covenant realities, because We understand that that these truths changed everything. When we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, 
It's not just about getting a ticket to heaven. That's why so many folks, you know, they're so, so out of it. I mean, losing their minds. Time to get your sanity back. We think we just got to endure all of this till we get to heaven. The reality is there's so much more to the gospel and to what Jesus did for us and as us than just trying to get to heaven someday. The reality is, church, don't miss this. It's not about you just trying to get to heaven, getting from here to there. Hey, believer, it's about us bringing what's there here. And so we'll say things like this, you know, when I'm preaching the gospel to you, and we'll say things, well, Jesus you know, took on our nature so that we can take on his. And we'll say, yeah, that's good. And, and, and he took our sin so that we can receive his righteousness. Watch where I'm going with this. And we say, yeah, that's good. And, and I say, and, and, and he took, the Bible says, our anxiety so that we can receive his peace. And we all go, yeah, that's really good. And I'll say to you, and, and uh, he took, the Bible says, our sickness. Do you believe that? So that we can receive healing. Do you believe that? And we go, yeah, I believe that. But then I say something like this. He took our financial lack so that we can receive his provision. Let me, let me say it this way. He paid the price. I didn't make this up. He paid the price so that you could be rich. You don't believe me. I want us to read that theme verse one more time. Look at it. you got to see it with your own eyes. It's not just Ben Daly and Ashley Terrett is sitting here making stuff up. Look at 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. This is a financial verse. As a matter of fact, Paul the Apostle, he's called the Apostle of Grace. He's writing two chapters, 8 and 9, all on finances. He's, he's, he's dealing with the church when it comes to giving, trusting, receiving, stewardship, offerings, dealing with lack, the promises of God regarding your provision and i want to break this down just 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 look just break it down look at it each thought verse 9 second corinthians 8 for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ i love that it starts there with grace you know church you know the grace of our lord jesus christ this is this is grace at work in our life we call it at calvary it's called a finished work That though he was rich, yes, stop right there. Jesus was rich, and I think we can agree with that. And if you don't think he was rich in earth, uh, uh, in the earth, can we all agree that he was rich in heaven? Okay, let me try that again. You're slow, but you're worth waiting for. Do you believe he was rich in heaven? Yet for your sakes, your sakes, not his sakes, your sakes my point is this he did it for you everything jesus did was for you he became poor experienced poverty experienced lack that you through poverty say the last two words might what talk to me church might what might what that you might what the title of this series the 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 promise that we've just read right here 
was paid in full. And I came today to remind you, and I'm going to remind you over the next few weeks, it has been paid in full. And all I can tell you is that it is available for you to receive. And it is not dependent or limited by natural circumstances, by blizzards, by hurricanes, by your zip code or your family tree or how educated you are or your race or your gender or your age. This this is a promise that is available for you. Yeah, you can give God praise right there. Come on. Wake up. And we want to remind you during this series that part of Jesus' precious sacrifice on the cross was to provide all of this to you. And regardless of all of the external factors, and there's a lot right now, I get it. The truth is, it's the Lord's will. It is the Lord's will. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know what it's going to look like. And I'm not here to bring fear. But I'm telling you, we, I, we've experienced this thing called COVID, this, this, this reality. It's, it's continuing this year. Thank God. Thank God it's declined. But I'm going to tell you, the fallout financially, I'm not sure what is to come but you better hear me believer and we better be operating in the days and weeks and months and years ahead as believers taking God at his word and trusting him and no matter what goes on in the world around us believer you better hear me you better believe that God is good that he knows how to take care of you and no matter what's going on in the world you're going to trust him and you're going to prosper anyway if you believe it clap your hands and give God praise that's a believer and so, so I'm telling you, we can accept all these truths. But when I say be rich, I, I know what happens. It, it, it's, it's already making some of you feel uncomfortable. And that word has been misunderstood. It has been rejected. It has been sadly abused by many leaders, I think, in the body of Christ. It's hurt people. And, and I want you to know that I struggled. You know this. I talked to our team about it. I said, you know, pre-COVID, I'd planned probably a year in advance when it came to what we were going to teach. But now it's probably about three months, maybe six months. This has been something I've been thinking about. And I thought, maybe right now with everything going on, I don't know if I want to talk about it. And it's like the Lord corrected me and said, no, you're going to talk about it. Because now more than ever before, faith needs to come. And the only way faith's going to come is if they hear the word of God. And so you've got to do it. And so the word, this word, this journey that we're going to take, be rich. I want you to discover there's got to be revelation. And, 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 and most importantly, this journey, you're going to find God's will for your life. And, and, and even, this, even in this area, this, maybe you call it a controversial area. I don't think it is, but this controversial area about financial provision. Like a dad knows how to take care of his kids, yet there's controversy on. It's just like religion confusing what's good and, and God's heart and God's will and God's purpose. So open your hearts, open your minds today as we launch the series. And today, here's what I thought. Here's what I want to do. Before we take these weeks and just dive in, we're a lot of scripture here, and we're going to get into it and build faith. That's what this is about, trust, building faith over the next few, few weeks together. Um, but I just thought I wanted you to come because 
God's gifted junior wife in this area really to deal with his stuff and bring faith to it. And, and so we're going to just talk. I want to, I want to, I really want to answer some questions that I get as a pastor and, and especially in a time like this and maybe some, some tough, tough questions, questions that are being asked, but, uh, are you ready? You're going to give me the, I'm, you're going to give, give me you, the tough ones. I'm going to give you the tough ones. And you're going to take ones. the easy ones. And okay, if you have any, you know, if you've got a problem with it, you can email Ashley Terry does his ministry anytime. And my email is pastor Ben Daly <laughs> at Calvary. CC. Okay, here we go. Uh, let, let's get into this. Let's try to get to five. If we have time real quick and we're going to give a lot of scripture. So write some stuff down, please. Um, so why is it God's will? Let's start right here. You're talking about be rich right now. You take it a scripture on this. Got to understand it. Why is it God's will? for us uh, to prosper, talk about it. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start, Pastor Ben. And, and I'm excited to be here in this time because I think you've heard from God. I think your pastor's heard from God to do this series during this time. And um, even in the natural, you might think, why? But no, this is important. This is, this is really gonna change your life, church. If you, if you get a hold of this truth, it changed our life. So this is very powerful. We need, to, we need to understand this. So first of all, I think it's a great place to start. Why is it God's will? Because if you don't know it's God's will that he wants to prosper you, then it's gonna be hard for you to prosper. It's just like healing. If you don't know it's God's will for you to be healed, it's gonna be hard to receive it. So we need to understand it's God's will for us. We read the verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse nine, be rich, that's God's will for you. He, he paid the price. So you might say, why is it God's will? Well, one of the things is, is he's a loving father. He is a loving father. Any parents out here? Any grandparents out here? I mean, you love your kids, right? You love your grandkids. And um, you want the best for them. You wanna provide for them. Every good parent wants to provide for them. And here's how Jesus put it, you know, in, in uh, Matthew 7, verse 11, he was talking about this, and he actually said, you could take a good father on earth. He said, even if you have a good father on earth, compared to God the Father, compared to our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven is so good that the best father on earth here, the best parent on earth here, is evil compared to him. Wow. Matthew 7, 11, he says it right there. He, says, he, said, he said, you know, you being evil, Know how to good give, good, good, give good gifts. Yeah, yeah. How much more is our heavenly Father going to give to us? I'm telling you, church. God's a good Father. He loves you. He knows your name. He's not one of these people that you know. He knows your name. He knows every hair on your head. He's not. Sometimes religion's made him out to be a distant God, Pastor Ben. You know, someone who doesn't really. He cares so much for you. I'm telling you, we need to meditate on that. He cares so much for you. He knows your name. He's not one of these people that go, give me a minute. I'm good with faces. Begins with an S. I think it was Sarah, maybe Sharon. No, he knows your name like that. I mean, he knows everything about you. He knows every hair on your head. That's how much he loves you. So God's a good father and he wants to provide for his kids. Any good father wants to provide for his kids. He wants to provide for his kids. You know, we read the verse, 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. This is a verse that's often used to condemn people. And it says, it says, but if anyone does not provide for his own, especially his own household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Well, let me ask you this, church. Do you think God lives by his own word? Do you think there's anything in the word that God doesn't? I mean, this is God's nature. The word of God, the word became flesh. So the word and the Lord are one. He lives by this verse. You are his household. You're his family. You're his children. He provides for his children. That's what he does. He's a provider. So I'm telling you, to know that it's God's will, also to establish his covenant. You know, Deuteronomy 8, 18, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, it says, do not forget the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you the power to get wealth. The Lord's given us power to get wealth. And he says, why, why has God given us that power to get wealth? To establish his covenant. Yes, yes. To establish his covenant. 
as he swore to your fathers as it is this day. What's God's covenant? You know what? He wants to show the world how much he loves them. He wants, his original intent was to have relationship with you and me, to have relationship with everyone, to show the world how much he loves them. And that takes money. It takes money to establish God's covenant. You can do it without, but you can do it a lot more effectively. You can, you can go further and reach more people and help more people with. So to establish his covenant. And then the last thing I've got here, you know what? It's a blessing. It's a blessing to be rich. We can, when we're blessed in um, uh, Genesis 12, um, the Lord said to Abraham, or Abraham at the time, he said, I'm going to bless you yeah, yeah. and make you great, and you'll be a blessing. So think about that. He wants us blessed so that we can be a blessing. You can bless more people when you're blessed. When you're blessed, it's just, it's just easy to bless more people. So it doesn't end with us. If it ended with us, it would be selfish. But no, we're going to be blessed so we can be a blessing. He's blessed us so we can be a blessing. And this is some of the reasons why it's, it's, it's God's will. I believe wholeheartedly it's God's will for us to prosper in these times. That is so good. Can you say it out loud with me, church? Whether you're here in person or online, say, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. To be a blessing. To be a blessing. Okay, another question real quick. Why during a time like this, and, th and this is a big one, they have everything going on in the world, mm -hmm. even here in Texas this week and, and, and in our own cities. Why? Why during a time like this, you know, are you taking a time uh, you know, when we're gathering to speak this stuff over us. Why are you talking about prospering? Why are you talking to us about being rich? What, what, what does this have to do with anything? I think now it's more important than ever. I think right now, the way, what we're going through, let me just say this, church. Me and my wife, as you can tell, we're not from America. We paid to be citizens here. And we love America, but here's the thing. When you live in a country like America, it's almost like you don't need God. We've been to Asia, Africa, Central America. Some of those people and places, they pray for their food every day. I mean, they need God. And we're so blessed here in America already that we can forget that we actually are meant to trust in the Lord. So what can happen is in times like this that we've seen the last 12 months, the world gets shaken. Even America gets shaken. We, we tap and get concerned. And we start to think, what about my provision, what's going to happen? My job isn't so stable. My retirement isn't so secure. My bank account isn't so, you know, my savings aren't so, my investments aren't so. All of a sudden we realize we need to trust in the Lord. So right now, more than ever, I'm telling you, it's time for us to really put our trust in God as our provider. He wants to be our provider. That's his, that's his will. He wants to be our provider. He wants us to live this out. He wants to us to establish our hearts as him being our provider. He wants us to establish our hearts as he's been, you know, if we don't establish this fact, if we think that, you know, our job is our source, you know, our business is our source of income, our, our retirement or our investments, we can, I'm telling you, we can get shaken real quick. We need to understand, yeah, the Lord uses those things, but ultimately he's our provider. And let me tell you, church, he's got a million ways to get provision to you. He can get provision to you in ways you haven't even thought of yet. He got provision to people in deserts, in wildernesses, in times of famine, in times of, 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 of war, in times of craziness. He's still got provision to his people. He'll send birds if he has to. He'll open up a sea if he has to. He'll, he'll, he'll do these things. He'll multiply things if he has to. He'll make your oil multiply. Come on, church. Hallelujah. That's God our provider. That's God, our provider. Genesis 22, you yeah. know, he revealed himself. He has seven redemptive names. And one yeah. of the names he revealed himself yeah. is in Genesis 22. You know the story of Abraham and Isaac. And right there, he revealed himself to us as the Lord, our provider. Our provider. Jehovah Jireh. Wow. Jehovah Jireh. He wants to be our provider. Establishing our hearts, a stable heart. People don't have stable hearts 
right now. Hearts out of control, which is causing a whole lot of other things to go out of control. It, 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 it's because of, of, of worry. I think, I think this series, if you were to ask me, what's this about? We, we need to stop worrying. I, wanna, I want us to look at God's word, establish our hearts with the word of God, and be reminded we've got to stop worrying because many of us are, are every day, we're just, we're just tempted to worry and be anxious and restless in these times, especially uh, I'm seeing financially. And Jesus said, Matthew 6 said, therefore, hey, do not worry. Your heavenly father knows that you have needs and knows how to take care of every one of those needs. And, and, and realize this, church, that worrying about provision hinders faith. It hinders us. Here's what that means. It hinders us from receiving from God. Because the reality is worry is like we are putting a, a kink in the flow. There's always a flow of God's provision. But it's like we're putting a stop to the flow of provision. And, and it's choking the word in our lives. It's making it unfruitful. I'm not saying this. This is what Mark 4 says, that the cares of this world, because we're, we're, we're just uh, so concerned about everything, the cares of this world choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And when we worry about provision, we're, we're inadvertently accusing God of not being a good father, we're saying you're not a good dad. You're a deadbeat dad. You don't know how to take care of us. The fact of the matter is it's a form of pride because we're saying uh, I need to take care of this. My dad does not know how to take care of this. So I need to step in and take care of this burden. God, my father, he is not fully capable of meeting my needs. And you know what worry does? And this is what's crazy. Worry projects us into the future to try to solve a problem that doesn't even exist yet. And did you know that the part of, of, of our brain that worries is actually designed to be used, that part is meant to be uh, used to meditate on the promises of God, on, on, the, on the good news, the gospel, and, uh, and instead we're using that part of our brain to worry about things that uh, hadn't even happened yet so so this 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 series is so important now i want to i want to do this quickly i want to ask you this question i don't want to stay a long time here um but whenever you talk about provision and this is sad religion has just messed this up in a bad way but whenever you talk about provision when you're trying to talk to people about god's provision the first thing is well you know ben daly or calvary church you know they're they're one of those churches, that, and I'm going to use air quotes here. They're, they're, they're endorsing the old prosperity gospel. You know, somebody said to me one time, so pastor, you know, do you, do you preach, you know, the prosperity gospel? You, you, you know, you, do, do you preach, uh, you know, uh, health and, and provision? Health and wealth. Yeah. I said, yeah, isn't, isn't that better than than preaching sickness and poverty? I mean, what do you mean by that? But, but this whole, are you endorsing, you know, the prosperity gospel? Talk about that, please. I preach the gospel, the good news, what Jesus has accomplished, what he has provided for us, as us, what's available to us. So talk about that, what this whole, are you endorsing the prosperity gospel? Is this what this series is about? And I want to hit this first before we get into God's word over the next few weeks. Come on. I was preaching one time in a different country 
And uh, the pastor called me and said, there's a problem. They said, there's a bit of a riot going on. I was like, this is exciting. There are going to be placards and everything. But it wasn't. It was just a few people on social media complaining. But they said, don't bring this American prosperity teacher to the church. This prosperity gospel teacher. So I stood up on Sunday morning and I said, first of all, I'm not American. Everyone went, he's not American. What are we going to do? <laughs> he's English. He caught us by surprise. And then I said, you know, church, there's no such thing as the prosperity gospel. There's no such thing as a prosperity gospel. And the pastor was on the front row like he didn't know what to do. He was, and then I said, there's the gospel. There's only the gospel. There's one gospel. There's the gospel. Now, part of that gospel is prosperity. Part of that gospel is God providing for us. And when God provides, he provides so well. He's a great provider. He's an abundant provider. So it's prosperous provision. But when we say prosperity, it's a shame because what's happened, Pastor Ben, is, is people have taken that to extreme. They've abused it. And what's happened is, is the word prosperity has got a bad rap now, which is really sad because it's God's will for us. But there's no such thing as a prosperity gospel. There's the gospel and part of the gospel. Just like you said earlier on, you know, he paid for our sin so that we could be made righteous. He paid for our sickness so that we could be healthy. He paid for our anxiety so we could have peace. He paid for our poverty. He paid for our lack. He paid for our, our, you know, anything we could miss out on so that we could be provided for abundantly. God you just wants covered to be every provider. area of life. Come on. And that's what prosperity is. When yeah. you say the word prospering, we immediately think of homes and cars right. and bank accounts, all this stuff. But the word prosperity in scripture actually means to be led along a good road in every area Amen. of your life. Amen. To live a full, a free life in Amen. every area of Hallelujah. your life. So good. Why would you not Amen. want this? Come on. So good. You know, you, you talked about it in the nine o'clock worship experience today, but that whole idea of what Jesus provided, um, it, it, well, does this message work in certain parts of the world and what you've seen and, and understanding how Jesus died. Talk about that, how he died thirsty and naked. Yeah, give, give explanation to that. Well, that verse we read, the key verse for this series, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Remember, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and chapter 8 is all about finances, about money. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle of Grace, right? We love Paul. He wrote those two chapters, and if you read them, it's all talking about money and finances. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, says it clearly, and you know, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Yo, he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that us through his poverty might be made rich. Well, they did a study on what is the worst type of poverty you can experience in the world. I mean, this is a secular study. What's the worst type of poverty you can experience in the world? And they said the worst type of poverty, the most extreme poverty, the most extreme lack you could ever experience is to be naked and thirsty. Naked and thirsty. That's the worst poverty you could ever experience. Well, how did your Lord and Savior die on that cross? How did he die on that cross? He died thirsty and naked. He experienced, took on extreme poverty. When he died, he had nothing to his name. He took on extreme poverty so that we don't have to. And you might say, well, that's okay for you, Ashley. You, you know, you live in America, you're from England, prosperous nations. Now, I've got a friend in Zimbabwe, one of the poorest nations in Africa. And he grew up sleeping on a dirt floor in a two-room shack. And his dream as a little boy was to own a push bike. That's how poor he was. And he got a hold of the Word of God. And he said, you know what? Jesus is my provider. He got a hold of the Word of God. And he educated himself. He got out of there. And now he's a prosperous man. I'm telling you, he is prosperous. He owns a house. He owns vehicles. He's prosperous. He's helping people. It's awesome. But you know what he said to me? He said, Ashley, he said, poverty, being poor, is, is terrible. You know, only religion could really mess that up, if you think about it. Only religion could, could, could think that being poor is better than being rich. Or being sick is, is better than being healed and being healthy. 
think about it. Only religion could really mess that up. And we, we, you know, there's some crazy religious ideas going around that if you're poor, you know, you're more spiritual. And it's so, such a shame. If we, if we really search ourselves deep down, we know that being rich, having resources, having an abundance of money is better than being poor and not having anything. In fact, in the Bible, all the way through, it talks about not having enough. It describes it as a curse, you know, in, in Deuteronomy 28. You look in Deuteronomy 28, read the whole chapter, not having enough, being without is a curse, whereas having an abundance and having provision and having food and having what you need is a blessing. Now, you know, we're redeemed from the curse, Galatians 3.13. Jesus paid for the curse, so we don't have to worry about that. But my point being is being poor, having poverty in our life, having lack in our life is always looked at as a bad thing. And having enough or having extra is actually a good thing. And only religion really, Ben, could twist that around and make us feel bad for having things. Yeah, there's so much more we could say about this one. Um, but, but I want to move along quickly. Um, how, how can we do this? So I want you to touch on this just a little bit because I want to take um, some time before we leave this place. And I'm going to ask uh, Carly and, and Kim to come up here in a little bit. Because I really believe, I just sense by the Holy Spirit, there's just a moment, I, there, a flow prophetically, speak some things over the house, speak yeah. some things over you, church, whether you're here in person or you're online. And, um, and, and, and I think it's just, it's, it's going to be a moment. But um, quickly on this, how, how can we live by faith? So as we're taking this series, if you take this series serious and you walk this out over the next few weeks, and you really dive in on this, and begin to let this become something in your life, let the seed fall deep in the soil of your heart, begin to take root and bring a harvest. How, how can we live by faith, especially in this area, the area of finances? How can we trust God in this area when it comes to finances, whether it's your personal finance, for your business, whatever it is, how do we do it? Yeah. Well, one of the things is, you know, you can't go to the store you can't go to the grocery store. You can't go to the car dealership. You know, you can't go and buy a house and say, don't worry, I'm spiritually rich. You know, I'm blessed on the inside. The Lord's blessed me. Don't worry. No, they want to see your physical work. riches. That don't work. They want to see your tangible riches. So the way we work this out is by faith. It takes faith. You know, grace is the provision. We know this. Grace is the provision. You know, Jesus was really grace personified. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, he paid everything for us. That was God's provision to us. That's grace. You know, by grace you've been saved, but it doesn't end there. It's through faith. So his part is grace. He did the hard lifting. He did the hard work. He did everything for us in our place. But we have to accept it. We have to receive it. We have to do something to receive it. And people say, Brother Ashley, you're talking about doing. You're talking about doing now. We, we shouldn't be doing anything. No, but we need to actually act in faith to receive these things. James 1, 22, James chapter 1, verse 22 says, Don't be hearers of the word and not doers. If you hear the word, you're going to hear a lot of word over these next five weeks. If you hear the word and then don't do something about it, don't act on it, then you're deceiving yourself. That's what James 1, 22 says. You're deceiving yourself. James chapter 2 says, Faith without works is dead. You know, Martin Luther was so mad at that verse, he wanted to take James out of the Bible. Because he thought, no, there's no works. It's a finished work. It's grace. It is. But if you study that out, what that means is, is faith without corresponding actions. See, church, if, you really, if we really believe something, we're going to act on it. If we really believe something, we are going to act on it. And it's going to drive us to action. We're not making it happen. We're just receiving what's already happened. So I believe there's things we can do, Pastor Ben, in faith, to, to see this manifest in our life, to see this being rich, to see this provision manifest in our life. 
You know, Proverbs 10, 22, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 says, it's the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. The Lord's way of prospering you doesn't mean you've got to sacrifice your health or your family or any of that. The Lord's way of blessing you makes you rich. But it doesn't just end there. See, I like Proverbs 13, 4 as well. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4 says, the diligent soul will be made rich. Now, I say diligent. People don't usually run the, run the aisles. They don't get too excited about diligent. We need to be diligent, church. We have in faith. We need to be diligent in faith. We need to be diligent in what we believe. If we're not diligent to believe that Jesus paid the price for our provision, we'll get waved, we'll waver. We'll get moved around. We have to be diligent in believing, no, God is my Father. He's my provider. Jesus already paid the price for me to be rich. I've already got the power to get wealth. We have to be diligent in what we believe. And that's what we're going to share. With you. You're going to be sharing scriptures on, on how to believe this. Diligent in your belief. But there's also diligence in what you do. You know, every time the Lord provides for people, Old Testament, New Testament, they had to do something in the natural first. You know, Deuteronomy 28 says, He will bless the works of your hands. No putting your hands to something, He can bless it a hundredfold. It's a hundredfold of zero, zero. So we have to do something. We have to put our hands to something. And every story, Old Testament, New Testament, of supernatural provision, because I believe right now, Pastor Ben, we need to believe God for supernatural provision. We need to believe God for supernatural provision more than ever before. We can't trust in the norm. And I believe we're in a time now where I'm telling you, it's, I use this phrase and people, because they don't understand it, but I'm telling you, there's a time now of supernatural wealth transfer in the body of Christ. I believe the body of Christ right now is positioned to prosper, not for selfish gain, but because more than ever, we need to get the gospel out. We need to get the God, we need to tell the world how much Jesus loves them. We need to tell the world what the answer is. There's a thousand problems out there, but we have the answer and it's gonna take resources to do that. So I'm telling you right now, you think about this, Pastor Ben, how many times, Old Testament, New Testament, did God supernaturally bless His people and provide for them? in ways we couldn't even imagine, in ways that didn't even seem logical, but they had to put their hand to something first. They put their hand, they were diligent in putting their hand to something. They had to go and cast the hook in the sea and pull out the fish, Peter did, and took the first coin, right? Do you remember that? And paid the taxes. They had to get those loaves and fish and sit the people down in groups of 50 and bless them and break them and spread them and distribute them. And they fed more than 5,000 men and they, were, they, they had leftovers, it was more than enough. The supernatural catch of fish, you know, in Mark 5, They'd been fishing all night. Think about this church. They'd been fishing all night. This was their business, caught nothing. Maybe some of you in that situation, you say, Brother Ashley, I've been, I've been trying to believe this. I've been trying to work. I've been trying to make this happen. And I'm just not getting ahead. I've caught nothing. I'm going backwards. You know what happened? Jesus called out and said, cast your nets on the other side. Now, he was a carpenter. They were fishermen. If I was Peter, I might have said, Jesus, go make some tables. I'm the experienced fisherman here. But they didn't say that. They said, Lord, we've toiled all night. You can imagine that you can hear the, the, the desperation in their voice. You can hear their hurt. Word. But at your word. At your word. At your word. And they believed the word of God. They believed what Jesus told them. And they didn't did. make sense. They did something. They didn't make any sense. They cast the net over the other side. That makes no difference. But they cast the net over the other side. They trusted God. And guess what happened? They had such a supernatural catch of fish. It didn't just fill their boat up. It filled their partner's boats up as well. More than enough provision. Proverbs 11, verse 15. Proverbs 11, verse 15. I love this. Sorry, love verse 25. This. Proverbs 11, I was just testing. Proverbs 11, verse 25. 
says, you know what? The generous soul will be made rich. The generous soul will be made rich. And if you back up a verse, Proverbs 11, 24, says there's one who scatters or there's one who gives liberally. There's one who gives freely, yet increases more. Yet there's one who withholds more than his right and it leads to poverty. Those verses don't make sense to our natural mind. Acts 20, verse 35. Acts 20, verse 35. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. He said there's a greater blessing on giving than there is receiving. That doesn't make sense to our natural mind. But you know what? When you trust the Word of God, that's faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. When we trust the Word of God, say, God, this doesn't make sense. You're telling me to do this now. It doesn't make sense. But I'm going to do it because I trust your Word. That's where the blessing's at. I'm saying that's where faith kicks in. That's where the blessing's at. And the grace of God, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you have in all sufficiency okay, in all okay, things. Okay, I'm saying this is this is good preaching. But I personally, and I don't want to embarrass you, but I personally watched you live it this past year. Talk about what God told you personally, your ministry, which by the way, is really traveling the world and all of a sudden the world shuts down what are you going to do yeah where do you go how do you how do you get done what you've got to get done and do what god's called you to do what makes sense i better hoard i better we better figure it out what do we yeah. do talk about it march 2020 you know the all of a sudden they shut everything down and like Pastor Ben said, we're a traveling ministry. We go around the world. We, do, we hold events. We've got a, a staff of people that have kids to feed. I mean, we have people on payroll and expenses to pay. And I said, Lord, what are we going to do? All our events are canceled. All our conferences are canceled. Television, all our churches. Around the world. Television, all that. People might not be giving. What's going to happen? And I prayed right there in church. March. What do I do, Lord? And the Lord spoke to me clearly. He said, just like casting out over the other side, he said, give double today. Well, you know what I did? I'm very spiritual. I went, I can't hear you, Lord. I was like, no. <laughs> Must be the devil telling me to do that. No. And it, the Holy Spirit just kept telling me. You know, he tempts us with good. He doesn't tempt us with evil. He tempts us with good. And the Lord's not trying to take from us. He's trying to get more to us. He's the biggest giver. I'm telling you, Calvary, God invented giving. He's a generous God. He, so he's not trying to take from you. He's trying to get more to you. So he said to me, Ashley, he said, double your giving. I was like, oh, Lord. Okay. I'll just tell you, I, I did it a little afraid. It's okay to be in faith and shake a little bit when you're writing the check. And I wrote the check shaking and I put it in the bucket and I thought, wow, we've got no conferences to do, no churches to go and preach at. We've got nothing. And I put that in there. And Pastor Ben, we did that the next week and the next week and the next week and the next week. And I'm here to tell you, 2020 was the best year Terry Des Ministries has ever had, praise God. We reached more people, saw more people born again, healed, set free. Praise God. More money came. Y'all, would you give God praise right now? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Do we believe that? Come on. Come on. How how do we, how, and I know we're going to have to come back. Okay, before this last question, this is it. I'm going to ask you, will you come back? next week and can we develop this more can we get into god's word and can we learn a little bit more about supernatural increase and taking god at his word will you come back next week will all these guys come back you coming back if you guys are coming back i'll be here okay I'll be here. I'll we're gonna do week. it come on. and by the way next week we have some resources you have a gift you're bringing for everybody yeah. and i want everybody to get it in person get it online we got a gift next week word we're going to just resource you with the word this season to build your faith. How do we walk in God's best? What is going to activate this stuff? All this stuff we're talking about, yeah. what's going to activate it? It's supernatural favor. It's God's favor. You have favor. 
When you gave your life to Jesus, you automatically got favour. I tell people there's only two types of believers out there. There's those who are blessed and believe it. And there's those who are blessed and don't believe it. Let me say that again in case we missed it. There's only two types of believers. Those who are blessed and believe it and those who are blessed and don't believe it. And you're blessed either way, but are you going to believe it and walk in it? God has favoured you. God's given you favour in the marketplace. God's given you favour in your job. God's given you favour in your business. God's given you favour everywhere. You might say, Brother Ashley, I can't see it happening. You haven't seen my bank account. You haven't seen my situation. Now I'm telling you, you have favour. And the minute you start putting the word before your situation, we can't look at the circumstances to determine whether we're blessed or not. Looking at the circumstances isn't going to determine whether we're blessed or not. And we've tried to live to lie because we live in in, in this nation. We think, well, we're blessed because we've got a house and we've got a car and everything else. No, God wants to take us beyond that. God wants you to be giving houses, giving cars, helping other people, praise God. He doesn't just want us to live here. He wants us to live here. God's, God's a limitless God. He's got limitless resources for us. And he wants us to walk in this supernatural favour. You know, Isaac sowed in a time of famine. Think about this, church. Genesis 26. He sowed, there was a famine in the land. How many of you experienced it? I won't ask for a show of hands. But there's been a famine. There's been, there's, and there may be more. Isaac sowed in that time. It was, against, it was against natural reasoning. But he sowed. Genesis 26. He sowed in a time of famine. And guess what happened? Because the Lord told him to do it, he sowed in that time of famine. It says that, he increased a hundredfold. He got a hundredfold return on that seed that he sowed on that harvest. That crop was a hundredfold in the same year. And it says he began to prosper and the Lord prospered him and then he became very prosperous. But I like this bit. It says, and to the point where the Gentiles envied him. You could say the world envied him. Church, I'm telling you, people are going to come to us and say, how comes you're not in fear? How comes, how comes you, you, you're not scared? How comes you, your business is prospering? How comes these things are happening? I'm telling you, my son, he, he works at a coffee shop, just a minimum wage job coffee shop. He went through COVID. He was the only, only store open. He made more money than anyone else. They said, how come? He said, because Jesus favoured me. Jesus gave me favour. You can't tell me that doesn't witness to people. That witnesses to people, church. That will get people's attention. And not only that, you can help more people. So people are going to, you're going to be a city on a hill. You're going to be a lamp on a lampstand. People are going to look to you. And we haven't got to go and beg people to, to find out about the Lord anymore. They're going to come to us. They're going to knock on your doors and say, tell me about this Jesus. Take me to your leader. They're going to want to know about this because you're walking in peace and prosperity. You're walking it out, church. You're going to be walking in the supernatural favour of God. And the financial part is just one part of that. We know that. It's just one part of that. But I'm telling you, it's such an important part because when we get a hold of that, I'm telling you, it frees us from in so many other areas. How many of you are encouraged today? Come on, by Ashley Teradez. You encouraged? Bringing your eyes back on the Word of God. What does God believe true about this situation? We've got to come back to this again and again and again. We're going to do it over the next few weeks in this series. I'm glad I made the decision to stick with it because, um, you know, I, I, I just wrestled, but I feel like we've got to do it now more than ever. I want to spend just a moment praying over you, church, over uh, those of you here and online. But what we're going to do here and online is we're not just going to be hearers of the word. We're going to be doers. This church, I'm so proud as a pastor, like a dad. I'm just like, man, these kids have just impressed me. So many of you that have during this time, months, you've just been faithful. Last year, I talked about true success being faithfulness. And church, you have blown me away through it all through it all through it all you've trusted Jesus and um, I'm gonna ask you right now before we pray and walk out of this place today in faith I want you here in person and online 
let's not just hear let's do let's respond let's take God at his word let's trust him let's be generous let's give you are the open window of heaven and God's pouring blessing out of you and you're making a difference a significant difference hosts I'm gonna ask you to prepare yourself and whether you're giving today digital or those of you in person maybe you've prepared and you're giving um, with an envelope but digital online you've set up reoccurring giving you're, you're using the app uh, online you're giving maybe it's at calvarychurch.cc or text to give whatever it is now's the time for us to respond and to give and to worship God in this way and, and, and bring what's first and what's best and you know you've been a board member for two years you serve on a board with an incredible group of of people and um, you know what's going on at Calvary and do you have a word or anything for our givers for people who've just been faithful speak over them right now before Amen. we do. praise God well, God's got a big purpose for Calvary and with you He's got a big vision for this and, and He's going to get the resources through you for that vision. Some of you, when I was saying about withholding more than is right, instead of giving liberally, I said, some of you withhold more than is right and it leads to poverty. Some of you thought, that's me. And you started to get condemned. I'm telling you, there's no condemnation in Christ. Don't let your heart condemn you. But right now, you can make it right and say, Lord, I, I repent of not trusting you with my finances. I've been there. I know Pastor Ben has. This is not a one-time decision. This is a, this is a course correction we have to make quite regularly because it's so easy to get worried about finances and worried about how we're going to do things. But if that's you today, church, just repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. From now on, Lord, I'm going to trust you with my resources. I'm going to trust you as my provider. I'm going to, I'm going to step down from the throne of being my provider and I'm going to put you in that place of my provider. And I'm going to trust you. And the way we do that, we put action to our faith by giving. When we give, we say, God, I'm trusting you as my provider. I believe your word and I'm trusting you. And even though in the natural it may seem crazy, I'm telling you, it's the best thing you can do right now is to trust the Lord of your finances. Let Him provide for you. Because I'm telling you, our Lord, he's, I mean, He's El Shaddai. He's not El Cheapo. He can provide for you well. Like He knows how to provide for His kids, Ben. Doesn't matter if we're in a desert. Doesn't matter wherever we are. He can provide for you in ways you haven't even imagined yet. I'm telling you. I believe it. Hosts, are you ready? Father, I thank you for your word today. It's encouraged our hearts. We're ready for a journey. We're ready to come out. We're ready to move forward. Some of us have been living in fear, hiding and covering. And, and, and it's time to step up, church, and move forward and, and trust God again and, 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 and shake off all this stuff that's been holding us back from running this race and, 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 and setting our eyes back on Jesus. And, and, and Lord, I thank you. I received that word today. And and, and we do it together. And now we respond in faith. I thank you for this house. I thank you for this church. Those here in person today in this worship experience. Those online. Those that, are, those that are at home right now. They're giving, but they're in the middle of cleaning up some stuff. Maybe pipes that have broken. And, and claims, insurance claims going on. And cleaning up after this last week. And, and I get it. But God, they're responding. I thank you for this church. For the difference they're making. And God, I thank you for this time to trust in Jesus' name.